Getting started. Great, right on. So welcome everyone to Sam Says, our Students Against Mandates podcast. And today we have the one and only Kid Carson on. So this is, we're just so thrilled, Kid. I mean, for people who don't know, Kid's a you know, radio host, former radio host, now a podcaster out of Vancouver. And I mean, I mean, it's, it's incredible because I grew up in, in, on the island um, in Qualcomm Beach, small town, but nonetheless for, you know, like you were kind of the background soundtrack to like a lot of our lives. Like we had all these moments we'd have in our lives where Kid Carson's on the radio in 10 minutes, you know, Kid Carson's on. And so it was funny. I have all of these memories and it's just so cool that you became such a, you know, a voice for, for reason in such a crazy, unreasonable time. So we're so thrilled. I mean, I actually had a funny story. I had a friend a couple of years ago who asked me, he said, from coming from Pakistan, going to, to UBC for the first time, so just moving to Vancouver. And he said, Sheldon, I mean, who were, this is prior to the pandemic. He said, who are the people you think, you know, you think of when someone says Vancouver, like what are the, what are the groups or, you know, who would I be introduced to? What's, what's kind of the going on here? And I said, well, you know, the Canucks are big, obviously. I, I don't know the mayor, Brian Adams and, and probably Kid Carson and everyone in the room went, yeah, it's exactly who you end up, you know, meeting and who you're going to hear about, right? So that's, uh, we're just so thrilled to have you on. And uh, can you, can you kind of take us into your background and, and kind of what, what got you into radio and, and, and your kind of story there? Were you always such a, a free thinker? I mean, how did that, how did that happen? Yeah. Well, Sheldon, great to meet you. And <clears throat> pardon me. Um, I gotta say what you guys are doing with Sam is, is incredible. Right. It's exploded at the gate. And, um, I think I was a follower earlier on and, you know, during a lot of those, uh, dark isolating times, in the beginning of this, um, you guys were one of the, the voices that were sort of like putting a spotlight on what's happening. And, you know, when not a lot of people were talking about it. So kudos to you, first of all, and Thank it's a pleasure you. to join you. Right and um, yeah, it's funny when people, I get that a lot actually that, oh, I, I grew up with you. And although I am older than you, um, you know, I started doing morning radio when I was like in my super early 20s. Oh, wow. So I'm not sure how old you are. I think you're probably in your early 20s. 23, yeah, yeah. Most 23. of us early, early 20s, yeah, yeah. So you'll notice between now over the next 10 years, you'll feel like this is the time you're really growing up yeah. and then into your adulthood. And I was growing up on the radio with everyone. Yeah, yeah. So it's sort of like when people say, I grew up with you. And I'm like, I, I feel like I grew up with you too. <laughs> I was going doing all this stupid stuff, you yeah. know, going out late on the weekends and being a wild single crazy guy. Um, and then having gotten to the point where now I'm, of course, uh, married with my own family and young young children and it's a it's a whole different i look back at that time on, on the beat mornings and i go wow that was like me also growing up so um thanks for thanks for the support all those years i appreciate yeah, it man oh, my pleasure my pleasure yeah that's great yeah i mean radio was the thing i always wanted to do when i was a kid you know i'd be talking into the end of my pencil i'm not sure if anyone listening remembers what a pencil is but they used to make great imaginary microphones back in the day and i would uh you know i had this you know, a little home recorder and I would record myself and interview my friends and we would do little, you know, we, we figured out some sort of way to rig up an old pair of headphones and plug it into the microphone jack of our cassette player and hold it up to the phone receiver so we could record ourselves crank calling, you know, neighbors and pretending to be radio hosts and we'd clank like a tin can of, this sounds so like archaic and old school, but we'd clank a a can of old pens and we to make a sound effect and scream on the phone you want a trip to jamaica <laughs> you know and we we would just pretend that we were radio djs and do all these silly things and so it really was something i always wanted to do and um and event and i did it 
I eventually did it. I mean, it was just a kind of a thing I manifested over over years. And you know, it's funny. The reason why I wanted to get into radio originally was to be like, you know, have fun and be like the cool guy. You know, especially when you're in high school, you just want to be you just want to be cool so badly. You know, we all on some level. And I thought, oh my God, imagine if I was on the radio. Like all the kids from all the schools would know who I am and I'd be super popular. You know, this sort of very stupid reasons for wanting to do something. And as I got into it, um, I realized that the, the true joy out of it came from sharing personal stories and you know, things that happened to me, um, things that were, you know, sometimes little risky to talk about because you know you're nervous to share your flaws but i found found the more vulnerable i was about like oh this girl stood me up last night or you know i screwed this up whatever it was um that seemed to really resonate with people a lot more rather than trying to be like the cool guy being authentic right like being kind of truthful yeah like yeah and this is before Brene brown was saying that authenticity was like cool and brave (laughs) this is like you know so i mean i just kind of ran with that and then I realized, okay, that's what I really love. I love connecting with people. I love, you know, being real, sharing my experiences, sharing other people's experiences. And, um, and so, yeah, I just kind of, that's where I really found my, my joy in, in doing radio and, and being curious. Yeah. That was a huge thing is just being curious about things and saying things out loud that maybe most people just thought about Yeah, yeah. Uh, when, it, when it came to, when it came to relationships or science or, you know, politics or, you know, whatever it was, that was sort of my, my thing. And so I, I ran with that for many years. So cool. Cause when you drive to work in the morning and you know, you come on and go, yeah, like just to have that time alone when you're often alone, for example, in the car and you're thinking out loud and, you, and then to have someone say it, right. Like to do with exam- relationships or what you up to that weekend. It, it, I mean, really very cool. It's a really kind of, that's when I look back at radio and go, I mean, podcast has become so big now, but radio really had a, a spot in people's hearts, right? Like it was really something and it's been for many people still today but you know hilarious to think back to because i think from your toronto originally is that right ontario area is that where you grew up originally yeah okay and they had a whole big thing going on in the 90s with disc jockey kind of stuff right like they were really exploding in that kind of world it sounded like and and like kind of wild names like dj cool spin or something right but it was that little bit of a seeming kind of you know character right a little bit unauthentic that's you know Mm. to, to be cool like you said so an interesting kind of you know change it's kind of like a revolutionary act to be kind of like honest on the radio right i mean i wanted to do i wanted to be one of those cool dj guys with a name like you know dj you know uh sidekick or you know roundhouse kick (laughs) you know but i just couldn't do the djing and i tried but i just wasn't skilled at doing that but i could be the talker so i would do a lot of those you know you go to those uh you know clubs and you know you mc in the you yell to the crowd and you no, know, they give you an unlimited bar tab and you run around and hand drinks <laughs> to people. And it was, uh, you know, it was a big, a big party. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. It was, um, it was a different thing to, to be, be the talker and then realize, okay, the talking is how you really make these deep connections with people that last a lifetime. I, I still get people on, you know, well, they, they feel like, yeah, like you said, they, they grew up with me and I, I, I'm so honored by that. And because we have been kind of through so much together, if you did listen all those years um listening to me spill myself ah all my dating woes and all these these things that i went through um it's also a real time of of learning and exploration about like you know i was getting really into 
you know, fringe sciences and like just stuff like in meditation and all sorts of all different things. I was hitting it for the first time and then spilling what I learned out to the audience in the morning, which was, it's always fun to share like stuff yeah. you've learned. So it was a thrill to do. Totally. And it's, it's, I mean, it's hilarious in that sense because uh, someone asked me this weekend, they said, well, you gotta be nervous to interview Kid Carson. I said, like, you know, cause I grew up, my dad loved you. My mom, like we listened to you on the radio and you know, going to school in the morning, for example. And I go, I kind of feel like I already know him. <laughs> you know, like, I <laughs> kind of feel like we've already kind of met. Like it's just, right. you know, which is, I guess what you would want in a, in a radio host, right? You kind of want to like, cause you, like you said, you got a relationship with everybody essentially, right? With the listeners and it's kind of, it's, it goes both ways. So it's very cool. Um, when you came to Van- came to Vancouver at a young young age, and you started off, I mean, I remember when you were with the Beat, I think, and if, hope correct me if I'm wrong there. I know there was a few big radio stations there at the time, but in um, this is back, actually, I think you know, in the '90s, probably before I was born. But uh, nonetheless, what was the stations you you kind of went to there, and in the the final station you ended up at? Can you just go over that real quick? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I worked at a. Uh, I was really lucky. I mean, I, my first radio station was in Barrie, Ontario. And um, from there, I went to um, uh, my dream station at the time, which was called Kiss 92 in Toronto, which had since gone off the air and then has come back on a different version um, of that station. But it was like the biggest station in the country. And it was my dream to get there. And, and I was just honored to, to be hired there. I mean, it kind of was at first like the weekend guy. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then, then, I, then I did like the daytime show. And, and then they, that station, when Jack FM became a monster, in Vancouver, um, that's when they decided they were going to change our station into a Jack FM in Toronto, which didn't which didn't last. So they laid off the whole staff, and we're all crushed, and we're sitting on the curb outside in the rain. You know, even those of us that didn't smoke, we're smoking because it was like a hyper emotional. <laughs> I missed you. I wish we hung out more. This whole scenario, and so I was looking for jobs, and and I found um, a position at the the nighttime show at Z ninety five in Vancouver. And I remember hearing that Zed was, uh, had been a powerhouse and, um, it was kind of on its way down, but it had been like the station for the nineties. And so I took the job over the phone. I'd never been to Vancouver before I flew out. Um, I was shocked to find out that the radio station was actually in Richmond. It wasn't even in Vancouver, which was super disappointing because I didn't have a car (laughs) in a place in Vancouver. That was a surprise. Anyways, I did the nighttime show at Zed for about a year and a half. And um, it was, you know, you know, it wasn't really uh, all that of an inspiring place to work. It was owned by a different company. Mm. It would never change the light bulbs in the hallways. So the kind of like the fluorescent lights would flicker. And it was just, and I had a weird boss and it was just like, oh. Welcome to Vancouver. Kind of. Welcome to Richmond. Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> Moment. And the studio window looked out the back of a shoe factory where the big trucks would just deliver the shoes. And I'm like, this is just, I went from Toronto to this. Yeah. But I made the best of it, had a lot of fun. And then a year and a half later, I was headhunted to do my first morning show at the com- new competitor in town, which was the Beat 94.5. Yes. And that, that, that begun like an unbelievable ride that I will, will be one of the highlights of my life. It was incredible. The, the staff was incredible. The station was magical. It was like this really cool, like it was, I, it was like, man it was all about personalities and it was multicultural and the music was like really street and new and so they brought me on to do my first morning show and i didn't think i could ever talk for more than 30 seconds at a time because i'd only been doing like a nighttime show like hey this is nelly Furtado, and then 
you know, so then to have to do topics yeah. and talk for like three or four or five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten minutes at a time was, uh, was a real trip. And, but I, I met, uh, you know, near Aurora and Amy Beeman, and we just somehow figured out how to do a morning show and, and the station just exploded. It was a combination of, they were doing so many things, right. And, and, and I don't know, people like were just digging what Nir and I were doing and the, the station just like went to number one and we just went for years and years and years. And it was just like the greatest feeling in the world. So cool. I know most stations today are owned by like just a few companies, like three or four companies. At that time, was was that actually owned by a big conglomerate or was that sounds like got a really genuine kind of thing going? Was that owned by like a smaller business or, you know? Oh, the, yeah. What made it so special? It was owned by a bunch of kids. Oh, no. I mean, yeah. literally they had one, I don't know, it was like a group of like guys who were, I don't know, 18, 19, 20, 21. Whoa. And they, they had a financial backer, but they applied to the CRTC um, the Canadian government and, and they won the license and it was like, basically for them, it was like winning a lottery ticket. Um, and so instead of having to ask permission, you know, for example, if you want to do something cool, like one morning there was a front page story of like a kid who got his bike stolen, this nine-year-old kid. And it was like, must've been a slow news day. Cause that was on the front page, but it really tugged at the heartstrings. And I was like, we just had to run down the hall to our GM and say, can we get like, I don't know, 600 bucks out of the budget to buy, to buy this kid a new bike and sh call him this morning and surprise him on the air. So cool. And they're like, yes, go with it. And we do it. We our, my producer, Amy would find the, the kid's number and we'd call him on the radio live and go, Hey, Mikey, guess what? Like we saw your story and here's a brand new bike. And it would be like these amazing things you could do so, because so, you were yeah. owned with by, by not a conglomerate. You could work at lightning speed. And we came up with a creative idea. You could put it in action like that day or the next day. And slowly as you know, the station got bought. And then I think, I think it got bought by Chum at the time. There was a, a radio company called Chum. And then Bell bought Chum. And then CTV bought Bell. So it was like the little fish got eaten by the shark that got eaten by the whale that got, you know. And so eventually when we wanted to do cool ideas, like, Hey, we want to buy this kid a bike. It's like, okay, cool. We have our next uh, national call in two <laughs> weeks with Toronto to give us permission. And it just yeah. became a little bit like you could, the, the, the writing was on the wall that the specialness yeah. and yeah. The, the, you know, it was, was fading. I'm not sure how to put that in words, but um, you know, it was just slowly changing. Which happens often with with a big company. I think anyone listening who, who's been through that, you know, smaller company bought by a big one. I know it's happened to me before. And you just, you know, not to say there's not benefits with a bigger com company, but you feel that that magic, right? Usually with a smaller company, something that uh, authenticness is, is somewhat dissipates. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, because it's amazing to start off in Richmond and you end up, if I'm not mistaken, in your own studio in Yale Town. Like, did I hear that right? Someone had told me that they said Kid Carson's got a studio in, in Yale Town. Is that? Like I did, I did have a, yeah, I did for a couple of years, oh, right oh, yeah, at the yeah. um, beginning of the pandemic, oh, yes, um, yes. right before I had built this studio, the year before leading up. And I had this pretty pimp studio that had a huge space for that we were going to do live events and, you know, live bands come in and I was just going to do this whole like thing. And, uh, and then the pandemic just kind of really threw a wrench into all that. So we eventually we had to give that up last year. Oh, bummer. And which and, hurts because yeah. Yale town is like, for those who don't know Vancouver, like Yale town is the happening place. Like it's awesome. Right. You got to like get excited about Yale town. I mean, yeah. is that kind of like, I mean, that would have hit 
hard, you know, it's, it's, I shouldn't say it's different, but if someone lives off on like an Island and, you know, pandemic hits, you know, not, it's, it's a little bit tougher to see that change, but right downtown Yale town, it must've got like dead down there, right? Like super quiet. And it's kind of like, what's going on here? Like, that's gotta be an introduction to like, what? Like, this is so it weird. It really did feel like, like the apocalypse. Like it was bizarre. Like you, you would just, you wouldn't even use the sidewalks. We would just walk down the middle of the street because there were no cars. And the only thing you saw was like the odd person in their pajamas and not like stylish pajamas. Like I'm being trendy. I'm wearing my onesie to the movie theater. It's like full, my hair sticking up pajamas, people letting their dog pee. Yeah. And then they disappear back upstairs and it was like bizarre. And we were, because it sounds crazy, but radio people are like essential workers. I don't know what's so essential about it, but we were essential workers. So everyone else was at home. We were still coming into our studio and doing our show. So we really felt like the only people left on. It was like, you know, that Will Smith movie, like, yeah, what's that? What's that movie? He's like the it last is. person. And, yeah, you know, yeah. Or, um, um, I know exactly. He's got the dog. He's got yeah, the, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. yeah. I felt like him. I'm like, this yeah. is so weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was crazy. So yeah, you really did notice, especially in such a, an area of town that was normally like just bustling yeah. with people. Well, I, I'm so glad to have, have heard that initial start because it actually just kind of takes me back. And I'm sure everyone who's going to be listening remembers the 90s and stuff, early 2000s, kind of take them back that start of the podcast year. But got to jump into it there with COVID there. I mean, were you always kind of a critical thinker? Did, did radio instill that in you? And like, what was the kind of the signals that were going like, something is a little bit funny here. I, I just got to say a few things. Like, was there anything in particular that kind of set you off or went like, what's going on? I think I, for a long time, I'd always been, um, I guess a, a, a critical thinker, like just, you know, I always had these weird ideas of like, you know, breakaway civilizations and like, uh, you know, there's gotta be super, super advanced technologies that we don't know about because we only know about the technologies that are big money makers, like, or else we never hear about them. And then you'd read stories of like a guy who invented a car that runs on water back in 1930. And then, you know, just all these things you go, okay, like in Nikola's Tesla and you go, okay, we could have wireless free technology. You start to go, we're living in a bit of a weird controlled yeah. realm. And so that was always in my mind. And, um, you know, and then of course I really dug into like the old, what are they not telling us about? Like, you know, ancient history and all the, the technology there where like, if you study all those, you know, the pyramids and, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Picchu and all these places you go, okay, this is no way they don't even know how there's drill holes and stuff. And, you know, they had, there were ancient technologies, I think that, that's, but that's been hidden away. So anyways, that was sort of always a thing that I was super into. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, so, uh, so I guess I would always really a critical thinker, but what really blew my mind wide open was, uh, was nine 11. And I think that's a story for a lot of people because that was so bizarre and, you know, and now having researched it for a long time, controlled by a group of evil people, um, it was such a sloppy job. That's a great way to put it too. Like, you know? to just start at a basic level for people who are like, before they dive into everything, you know, many people would, would think very similar to us on that, but it was just so sloppy. Like, if you're going to start anywhere, it was just sloppy. So. Yeah. Continue, but and then you go down the rabbit holes of like, yeah. once you, you know, there's a lot of great documentaries on loose change and there's a, a bunch of great documentaries on it. It's been covered. 
um, where they interview like the most intelligent people on the planet that are like, yeah, this was clearly like not what they say it was. And it's, and then you start to go, well, well, why, why would they do that? And that sends you down another rabbit hole. And then you're just, there's, and the more rabbit holes you find, the more you realize, oh my God, I'm getting a peek behind the matrix. Oh, what is happening here? Yeah. And so, and that leads you to, you know, I mean, I'm not sure how, how dark and crazy you want to get, but basically, you know, to keep it light, there's like a, there is a, an organization or a group of people who have conspired to take over the world. And it sounds loony. It sounds loony. I, but it's not even that that hidden anymore like you know like we look at the wef now it's like at least lie to me man like don't be so you know just like straight up with what your guys's intention like and and you hear it and it's like oh my god and actually like to think of a group like that like i i've had friends because you know i go to a large university who are members of the young global leaders which i don't know Mm. if you've heard of them and i'm like i'm asking them questions and, and they're actually really like good people but they just have no critical thought as to like you know, would you, would you want like to take people's jobs away and, and replace them all with robots? Like, is that something you think is good? And they go, oh, I really haven't thought of it like that. So it's just anyways, like not to get too far into that rabbit hole, but yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, yeah. I agree with you. There's, there's some people with some pretty nefarious. And, and it, they always come across as, you know, the best ideas ever yes. for the greater good. It's a good idea because that's how these projects get legs. That's how they get far. Yeah, they don't yeah. announce we're we have an evil plan it's it's always like hey we, we are you know but really they want to take they want to steal our wealth give it to you know the big corporations to rebuild society yeah. in a way that benefits the elites and it's not it's not a good thing no so yeah, yeah so what so so when all this stuff happened i mean i was you know just like a lot of people i'll tell you for the first two weeks of course i was wearing my blue rubber gloves to go to the grocery store and my mask and 95 and and i go (laughs) i should have taken a selfie at that time just i think actually i think i did (laughs) commemorate it but it's like you you waited in line for half an hour to get in the grocery store like two feet apart from someone and after two weeks of that and after two weeks of you know my wife making me lysol wipe down even like you know bags of bread and bags of chips and like every you know before we brought it in the house because we didn't know what was going on yeah after two weeks of that it was like wait a second wait a second you start to you know see what other people are thinking and other people are and everyone's putting the dots together and you realize oh my god this is like one of the things this is one of the things uh, that's leading to the social credit score system and it didn't take long to figure that out yeah Yeah. and um so yeah that 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 was very difficult to hold in at first uh, when i'm on the radio because like in my career, it's always been the more sensational you can be, the higher the ratings. Mm, yeah. So I would talk about these fun, light conspiracy things over the years, you know, like um, the, the 13 families and, you know, people like yeah. drive and they latest laugh. And they go, man, this guy's batshit crazy, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's and I'd always say it with a twinkle in my eye and it's like fun. It's, you know, but this one was like, man, um, you you couldn't uh you couldn't even talk about this yeah. because people get so worked up um you know like i i, I my the first thing i ever said was um talk, just talking about how i i i know it's good for us to wear masks but i just hate wearing it and i and i don't understand why 
um, we're celebrating them like there's some kind of cool fashion accessory. Like, why do you have a leopard jacket and a leopard print matching mask? And like, this is, is so corny. Such a good point. That was like right. bare minimum. Like, dude, we're not supposed to like this. Like, right. It's supposed <laughs> to be like a major sacrifice. Yeah, this is it, supposed it, to be the... Exactly. Yeah. And, it, and we know that this is, you know, this is on our kids' faces, right? Like, this is clearly hmm. going to be developmental issues like there's just no question about that like oh yeah a child could identify that for themselves like you know this is gonna this is gonna affect me so to see it just go like yeah like it's like so fad and trend based right and like we're like little marketing machines for whatever the new thing is it's just incredible mm -hmm. but so sorry to continue but yeah i mean th that one is a great point that one just bare minimum i was like what? like start off right like what? That's, yeah uh, just me saying that just me saying that yes i'll wear a mask to protect other people uh, this is in the early days because now I just I, I'm totally against the mask thing. But um, I was like, hey, yeah, I'll wear a mask to protect other people. But God, I hate it. What a pain in the ass. I had to play a charity baseball thing over the weekend and I was running outside in the sun and I could hide to wear it. They made me wear a thing. And oh, my God. And man, the keyboard warriors and the Karens, they just and then I, you know, wrote into the radio station when my boss is freaking out. I got like thousands of emails, you know, and he pulled me in his office and said that I was being dangerous. And I'm going, what? Just to say i don't like the mask so that's when i went wow this is weird like yeah the, there's a whole totally the reaction didn't actually match the action right like your action of just saying something's off right so basic so bare minimum like and i agree i was i was doing yeah. math too it's sorry because it's you know totally we didn't know a lot's going on yeah. but i mean just to mention it exactly what you found and and just you're going like that reaction like the one you got from your boss simply doesn't match you know the you know my action right so yeah. and you're like and then oh, i started God. talking about um <laughs> so my boss was so happy with me i just had to keep on going and i i started talking about the like the digital id oh, yeah. and uh you know um and i was like hey you know i think this digital id thing this qr code thing it's it's i think it could potentially be much more than just a convenient way to carry around your status with you and your phone so you don't lose it. I, I think this could like potentially be connected to other things like your bank account or this or that. And I said, you know, wouldn't it be weird if like, you know, you didn't get the, whatever dose number you're at and then that means they froze your bank account or, you know, at that time there were so many different weird things happening. Like, remember there were roadblocks, like you couldn't go from Vancouver to Whistler. Like there's these things we forget. We forget. Like, I was yeah. really glad to talk to someone else from BC because I'm like, God, I'm talking to Robert Johnson tonight, the dentist. I'm like, I literally yeah. don't remember all these because it was so much weird shit over a period of time. You're so like, much oh. weird shit. And, and so it was like people yeah. were worried about getting pulled over by the cops. And, oh, you're out of your five kilometer radius. Go back home and here's a, a $2,000 fine. There were all these rumors of what was happening. And if you went to Whistler, they wouldn't even let you get a hotel room because, well, sorry, you're not supposed to be here. You're, you live in UBC. Um, so, and so I started going, man, wouldn't it be weird if like, we have all this technology in our phone with like GPS, they know where we are. Like, imagine if our, you know, if we like we're not with our phones drove to Whistler and then suddenly they go, boom, you're out of your jurisdiction. We're going to turn off your QR code. So you can't even go to a restaurant there. Like, I just, I thought this was just really cool. Like more conspiracy talk at the time. Yeah. But they weren't doing like, anything to, to 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 quell or to to reassure people that that wasn't the case right like we were at a time right. where it was like now would be the time to come out and be like you know to, to really if you're going to kind of quash the conspiracy as they're calling right conspiracy there's 
respond to them in a really reasonable way because their their responses were actually just leading us to think there's no like this is how this must be what you guys are attempting to to have implemented because you're not giving us any assurance that you know we have laws to you know ensure that your privacy is your privacy right like this is temporary that was not it was just seeming like it was going further right so yeah and at that point for me it was about i mean obviously i had my own concerns um but i also was like just trying to put on an entertaining radio show and something that is relevant to what's happening it's on people's minds we're all scanning barcodes to go places well i wasn't but a lot of people are scanning barcodes to go places and it was just like man okay well this is hot topic what what could this lead to and man did i get in shit for that just bringing up those ideas was like i actually had a very big meeting a zoom call with management in toronto um who uh, it's a company called Stingray. They own they own Zed and like a hundred other radio stations across Canada and, and TV and karaoke channels and everything else. And man, I got in so much crap. And I actually thought that was it. I thought I was going to get fired. And so I I put my tail between my legs and I uh, apologized, said what I needed to say, and um, everything kind of calmed down. I wanted to buy myself some time, and um, and so I I promised not to post anything on social media, say anything on the air. I didn't even talk about vaccines on the air. Like I knew that there was a line that I would really get instantly hammered by everyone. So I just, anyways, I, I shut up and that went on for month after month after month. And as the pandemic got crazier and crazier and people are even messaging me, like DMing me, like, Hey kid, like you don't talk about the stuff anymore. Like what's going on. And then slowly you start to feel like a bit of a, a phony. Because every day there's a crazy story about the pandemic. And I'm like, I can't even touch it because my opinion on it is going to be like, they're all coming to get us. Yeah. <laughs> but you feel like it would be such like good a marketing strategy, even if you were just concerned about marketing and ratings like that, that would be a good strategy to just talk about these things because it, it would leave the viewers, which is why so many people don't yeah. watch mainstream media anymore. It's because it's like, what, how am I supposed to sit there for an hour and listen to something that had absolutely nothing to do with the real big issues of the day, right? Like you're exactly. like, what? So That's how I'd feel. That's exactly how I'd feel. And so then Ottawa happened mm-hmm. and it was like, whoa, oh my God, this is like, first of all, on a personal note, I, I was like, you know, crying yeah. because yeah. I was just so overwhelmed because I felt so isolated. Thank God my co-host at the time, uh, we were on the same page and at least we had each other to- Oh, so nice, yeah. When the the songs were on and we finished talking about Demi Lovato, then we could go on and we could play a song and then we could just like talk. And that kept me sane. Um, I'll always be thankful for Jordan uh, for being there for me for those two years and being there for each other. But um, once once the pandemic or once once Ottawa happened, um, it was like this, I'm not alone. Oh my God. Other people actually think the same thing. Cause really a lot of us felt so incredibly isolated, which is their goal, oh. right? Like isolation was the goal for that. Definitely. Yeah. Like a psychological yeah. isolation. Yeah. I, I shed a tear too, dude, with the convoy. Cause the exact like a weight lifted off. Right. You're like, God, like, Oh, how many times you hear, see those slow motion videos with like a, we uh, will not comply exactly. with the slow motion Canadian flag flapping and the people waving signs. And you know, there was some incredible video, Photographers out there who yeah. like we're just hammering Instagram with the most inspirational. I know. Oh god, it was it was just amazing. Yeah. And then, um, but then you started to see the what was happening on Instagram was like not 
matching what's happening on CBC or CTV. And I'm going, wait a second. Yeah. This is racist, violent. Uh, and then you're looking on Instagram and you're like tearing up because you're so moved by what's happening. And you go. And there's kids there, right? Like, for God's sakes, like there's children. Like this is like, and even at times where I, you know, a little bit personally, I'm like, God, you know, we just got to get Trudeau. Like he's done so many atrocious things to people. They were so impressive. And for young people, it's amazing to watch people who kept it really peaceful, right? Like to just yeah. be like, this is what adults look like, right? I found yeah. in, in time like this. So I was yeah. really impressed. It's nice for young people to go like, wow, that was really impressive, right? Yeah. Showed a lot of character from the people who are out there, from the truckers. It was awesome. So yeah. yeah. I mean, I, and I went to the, I went to a rally locally. Um, the one on 12th that was outside the hospital. And there was like the big, there was thousands and thousands of people there. And there was, it was a march from the hospital to city hall. And so I was there, I was there for the whole time. Of course, I was, I was nervous to be seen because, you know, my, the radio station <laughs> turned out, yeah, people did see me and, um, and my bosses saw the pictures and that was another whole <laughs> oh, <no>. thing. <laughs> but when I did, when I was at that rally, it was like, you had shivers, like the hair was standing up on your arms. Cause it was just, it was beautiful. And it was, um, you know, it was, and it was an experience and there was a lot of police presence and it was peaceful and it was awesome. Yeah. And then the next day, or even maybe that night, all over like the Daily Hive and Vancouver's Awesome and CTV and CBC, all the big kind of mainstream uh, media outlets where the story was protesters go to harass nurses. And this was actually protest to support the nurses. That's the whole theme of it was to support the nurses who were getting laid off for not getting the jab. They were harassing nurses and blocking ambulances so they couldn't get through. And I, I, Sheldon, that's when for me, it, it like, it snapped and I went, oh my God. And I actually felt really um, panicky in a way because I'm like, wait a second. Okay. One media, like Daily Hive can get it wrong because they got a missed story, but because I was there, that, that did not happen. Yeah. 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 But, but, but then all the media outlets are telling the same story and I went, oh my God. This is a made-up story. I was there. The police, Vancouver. Do you think the Vancouver police would allow protesters to block ambulances? Have some respect. I know I for know. our police officers. We have our issues with police, but yeah, listen. Yeah. There's a the crew at VPD are they, they're they're doing a kick-ass job. Yeah. They they wouldn't allow people. They, they wouldn't for a second allow people to block ambulances, there and that didn't happen. Yeah. People were moving out of the way. It was it was a it was a wonderful. Anyways, it was a made-up lie. And I, that's when I went, oh my God, who's coming up with the lie and then spreading it out to the media channels. And I started going, wow, this is like, the media is lying to us. Yeah. I, I realized the mainstream media is lying to us. And that's when the whole thing changed for me. I'm seeing that. Then I'm seeing the thing in Ottawa being called like a, a, a racist uh, uh, movement. And then I saw the picture that came out. The one person who posed with the like swastika flag was later identified, later identified it was taken by Justin Trudeau, his personal photographer, the guy with the big red beard, I forget his name. He took the picture of the guy with the brand new ironed crisp out of the bag, Nazi flag. And then that guy was never seen again. But they took a picture, released it and said, this is a racist thing that's happened with the truckers and their misogynistic, whatever. And I'm going, oh my God. I'm like, this is like total state media. Totally. And, I, and so at that point, I, I went on the air and I just said, like, it was a, you know, obviously a couple of weeks of this going on and people are getting riled up and people are, uh, 
you know, really against the movement. And I'm like, oh my God, they're just trying to, you know, they're, they're, they're brave, bravely uh, standing up for our freedoms. Anyways, I, that's when I went on the air and kind of said, guys, if you think this is like a racist movement that's happening, you've, you're being tricked. Like you're yeah. being tricked. As you need simple to get, as that, yeah. You need to get your eyes off of, you know, the CBC that took $1.4 billion from the liberals last year who are not they're going to tell the story that that he wants it's about the money yeah so a little child could identify a conflict of interest right like we've got adults who just cannot seem to figure it out right like it's and and it's very uh, tough to talk to people who think still that i mean you work back to anything it's like no actually you can't trust the state media which is so tough for people to get over but it's so hmm. obvious right it's like just attempt to try to be a part of a genuine movement or, or tell the truth and see how you, they're going to treat you. Right. So anyways, but yeah. So that, that was really for me. I, I mean, I, I couldn't believe it. And so I went on and had my little rant, which ended up being my last day. Um, so, and, and I, you know, I thought it was even being, I mean, it's, it's episode one of my podcast. Um, it's there on Spotify. You can go back and you can hear the actual, um, I just took the clip from the radio and just put it out there. So if anyone questions, what I said, it's, it's there. And it was funny because then the next day, you know, the, the, they were, they just grilled me and like CTV five o'clock news or whatever, like Kid, Kid Carson goes on wild conspiracy rant, you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, one, one media publication, I think that the province newspaper, I don't even know if it is a newspaper anymore, but it's the province um, said like I, I claim they're injecting microchips in babies and, you know, so they could turn them on and off like robots. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and so you got to laugh at it. Obviously, right. Their reaction is just like, what? to me, it was like, okay, you're proving my point. Like no, you're proving no. my point. Yeah. Um, you guys are clearly angry that I'm deviating from the narrative. And I don't even know how all of that works. All I know is that it's happening. Yeah. Like I'm not an insider. I worked in media. I, I the part that I see is the pressure of and the fear of management like z95 they have no conspiracy to promote a certain thing other than you know hey vancouver coastal health bought an ad campaign to air commercials that say make sure you get your children vaccinated yeah yeah i mean they would play that during my show it would drive me freaking nuts and so there's that fear that you won't you can't rock the boat of the client i'm like oh my god okay so don't do say anything that's vaccine hesitant because they're giving us hundred thousand dollars to run these ads yeah. and there's also the we don't want to tick off the karens because zed is like it's the karen station okay okay zed <laughs> calls themselves in closed door meetings we are the karen station oh, yeah, oh, yeah you know it's it's annoying but we've got to deal with it we just happen to be the karen station so you know we don't want to piss off our karen audience um and so i there is pressure to like if you want to stay employed dude you don't talk about these things so there's that pressure yeah. but then there's yeah. another level above it like especially with the news organizations where the news stories are being fed to them in some way mm -hmm. and it's like here you go and there's also i mean they have financial incentives too like the liberals gave what was 600 grand to canadian media companies like the yeah. at the beginning of all this including daily hive who took half a million dollars Holy you know wow yeah yeah. yeah a lot of money like i can see why you'd want to play along but at least be honest about it yeah like be transparent don't like report these stories as if they are you know actually happening totally well it's so funny to be young you know because you like you said in your 20s you're trying to kind of figure out who you are right and you, you 
big time is getting principles down in place, right? Like, how are you going to go through life principle oriented, right? Like trying to be a decent person. Like that's got to be a huge thing. I, I, and I'm sure I hope everyone tries to think about that. I, when I first met my group members, um, we did a little interview and one great question our, our organizer, our founder asked me, Lee, she said, you know, what are your principles, right? Because it's a great question. And it wasn't to do with like, I, I have to vote this way or that way. It's like, what are your principles? Like, where do you stand with this or that, right? And, you know, for a boss like yours, and not to harp on anybody in particular, but like, you think like, wow, you're a guy speaking out on issues that are kind of, that are supposed to pertain to the public. These are public issues. And you're a member of the public who's doing a radio show talking about things going on in the public and to be attacked for that. I mean, like, it's, it's crazy. And we've kind of like normalized it, right? Like that this was, yeah, he said this and, and there's that at risk. And so that means they get kicked off. Mm. Like it thinks for an adult to go because it, it means something to be an adult, I, I think, or I hope, right? Like to go, like, no, that's actually wrong. Like we could take the rating loss because it's wrong to kick somebody off the air for speaking their mind, right? So it's just an interesting story. Mm. I'm glad you did it from your end, but you know, anyways, I, I, hope I mean, I think it. if if one radio station had have just embraced, like, we're going to be the freedom station, yeah. and we're going to not just push an, uh, another narrative, but like just be curious and ask questions and have open discourse have people with opposing views, have someone who is on Instagram with their kids with the sticker going, we got jabbed in, in, in the room with uh, someone who is like, hey, like, did you not see the Pfizer drop? Yeah. Like, I think that would be incredible radio. And I think the, if one station had done that, they would go, they would have been number one. Yeah. yeah. Because everyone yeah. now feels like mainstream is like flimsy and there's no real genuine no, content no. that matters there. You know, so anyways, it's too bad. It's really too bad. It is an absolute shame. Good time to switch to, to podcasting in the midst of that, right? Because now it's right. like, it's a cool story for young people. And this is the part I, I mean, I, I've always been a fan, of, but I love about your story is that it's kind of a, what so many people face when they go, God, do I say anything? Like people have asked me, like, should I, should I say something? Like it's, you know, this pressure of basically being incinerated if you step an inch out of line, right? Mm. Not, not just agreeing with everything the status quo has to, to offer, but um, has to force, I guess is a better way of saying that. But mm -hmm. I mean, and then going from that, taking that risk and, and, and actually having a really successful, you know, outcome, like finding your tribe kind of, right. Like, is that, was that really, you find that rewarding and, and actually just really quickly, like with the risk, when you went into the station that day, I mean, had, you had young kids, you have young kids, right? Like it's gotta be, you know, the job is still pretty nice to have in the long run. Was that like a conscious thing? You were kind of like, I, I got to say something here. Me and my wife maybe talked about it. Like, how did that work there real quick? Just with that nervous kind of lead up to, to going in. Yeah. I, I mean, I remember, you know, looking at the clock and it counts. We have a little clock in the studio that counts down like, you know, you know 12, 11, 10, 9, and you're going on. And um, yeah, I, my heart was definitely pounding because um, I knew that, uh, yeah, I knew it could be, that could be the end. Um, but there's this, it was kind of a miserable time the last six months leading up to it. So it was sort of like, if this is it, this is it. I don't know if I can continue doing it. Because again, you start, I started to feel like such a uh, sellout, for lack of a better word. Like here I was, someone who was, uh, as people call, quote unquote, awake. And I have a platform and I have a voice. And like, it's been now completely cut from me, you know. At least before I could sprinkle in little things here and there and I'd get DMs going, ah, I, I see what you did there. Yes, you know, I you know. 
But, um, you know, I, I'd, I'd say pandemic instead of pandemic and go and then, you know, just quickly and just so people would, if you caught it, you caught it. If you knew, if you didn't, you wouldn't know the, the difference. But now I was under such an, an eagle eye of like, if I said one thing, like it was going to be all hell and like no one can work like that. It's like micromanaging to the extreme. And um, so I, yeah, I mean, you know, my wife and I talked about it and it's like, oh, you're, you're miserable. Like, we'll, we'll figure things out. Um, you know, in, in some way, you kind of hope that you're going to do a little spiel like that. And there's going to be such an outpouring of love from the audience that the management goes, hmm, maybe we should run with this. You know, like maybe we should just let kid be like the, you know, wild, crazy guy and like see how ratings do or, you know, whatever. How I funny mean, you got the Karen station though, eh? a little bit. Yeah. yeah, maybe it was, you know, and, and hey, they're just like, dude, we don't need this. We just want to play like the new Justin Bieber song and like, just like, just shut up. Right. I think that was their attitude at the end. Um, but, but, but yeah, there does become a, a point where you, you just feel like, um, so, um, inauthentic and I, I can't, what's the word? It just slipped my tongue. Anyways, you just feel like, okay, I, I gotta just, um, oh, I, lo- I lost, I lost my train of thought. No but um, I, I was just, yeah. Yeah. The, the lead up to it was um, a little nerve wracking. Um, afterwards, um, it was, you know, hurtful what people were saying about me. Um, but then suddenly, like you said, like the word tribe, like your tribe shows up for you. And like my Instagram following exploded. Um, and so you're kind of riding this bit of a high. You're like, oh my God, I did the right thing. You just want to be, I guess what I'm trying to say is you want to be on the right side of history, you know, and everyone's got a line that they can follow along. And for me, it was like, okay, we're being like lied to and we're all just sort of taking it. Um, I remember my point now. My point was that, you know, it's always been so important for big mainstream media to reflect their audience, mm-hmm. you know? So, and you see that all the time, news channels, TV shows, you have people with, from different backgrounds, from different religions, from different races, you know, tall, short, you know, thick, thin. You, you have a variety of people representing your audience. And that's great. You're reflecting who your audience is. Except in this case, here are these like millions of people who are not seeing their point of view even like mentioned or debated or... Like it doesn't even exist. Yeah. Like yeah. the whole idea that like, hey, maybe what's happening in Ottawa is like maybe a great thing. Like this, this not even there was one narrative, one story. It's these evil racists are in Ottawa, and and I thought, wow, this is bizarre that like this can't even be represented. So I I really felt like there's gonna be a lot of people who at least need to hear someone in mainstream acknowledge that what's in, going on inside their heads is, 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 is valid totally. and that you're not, you're not a crazy person. I mean, we, people are overdosing and suicides and that's it, right? It's, it's yeah. repercussions of what they're doing. Like it's, it's, yeah. it's dangerous. I mean, you had Theo Fleury on just last episode and I mean, you just, you hear from, you know, he's such an amazing guy, but the work that needs to be done just in, in addressing things like mental health, right? Like it's mm. crazy. Right. And then they, they push that. They, I mean, their actions actually had really dangerous ramifications for the yeah. population in general. So, I mean, God, I just, uh, I was feeling isolated. Yeah. I was every channel you'd watch or every website you go to, 
hearing like people paint my my belief in what's happening as some awful thing like it was getting it's it, you start to go to a dark place yeah. and i think i got to that point where i was getting to a dark place my co-host at the time left the show he was in such a dark place he was having like a i mean he's my bro so i don't want to spill his his stuff but he had to go and work on himself because he was like really having a hard time just getting up early in the morning you know you don't get a lot of sleep when you do these early morning shows and we, we all we both have kids and the whole thing he was like dude i need to peace out for a few months and like get my head straight so now i'm doing the show alone oh wow wow yeah for the last six months when i'm used to having like this uh this co-host with me i'm alone i'm in there i'm now getting to a dark place i'm feeling isolated i'm the only person who seems to think that what's happening is like not right and i just I guess I was overwhelmed with this feeling like there are people right now driving to work or listening at home who feel like I do. And like, they just want to hear someone acknowledge that they're not crazy. Yeah. And so that was my true motivation was just to, guys, why isn't anyone saying, I mean, you can go back and listen to episode one of my podcast. Why isn't anyone saying anything? Like, are we all just like going along with like, can we at least talk about this? Why is this banned from, you know, whatever I said. Um, so yeah, and then I suffered the the consequences, but it did lead me to a place now where I can do this podcast. And I mean, it's a whole another realm. I've got to build this business, and and uh, you know, and then the shadow banning from Instagram. I'm dealing with all of it. I it's know, like I know us as well. But you think about yeah. a moment like that, right, where you went on the radio and people really needed that message. I mean, how you don't like how that could have affected how many people in a positive way. I mean, is mind-blowing right like how many people really might have been in a really really bad spot and being like i need what someone say something right and that that really travels far so by doing the right thing right like it can have massive a massive impact without us even knowing it right like so that's mm. that's really quite cool uh and it's then lesson for people yeah the lesson, i mean the lesson for me is as terrifying as it is to say something and we all want to say things on a different level we all don't need to get on our soapbox and scream to everyone but just like posing a question to someone, hey, isn't that a little weird that that's happening? Like, you know, baby steps. When you step out and you're brave and you say something or question something, your, your tribe shows up. Like, when you are authentic, you're giving everyone around you permission to be authentic too. By asking a question in a very mild way, you're now giving permission to the person you're with or the group around you. Okay, good, he's uh, good. Cause I, you know, shit, man, I had a question too. You're giving people permission. But someone's got to start yeah, it going. Yeah. Someone's got to start. And it's going to be the, you know, the, the few, there's been some amazing, brave Canadians that were speaking way before I was that made me feel brave enough to say something. Yeah. So like, you know, what you guys are doing with Sam, that's giving a lot of people permission to like go on Instagram and go, yeah, I'm going to repost that. Or, you know, I've reposted some of your stuff. Right it's just, and, and, and the proof is in the pudding. I mean, I went from like 30,000 Instagram followers to like, 70,000, like almost instantly. So like 40,000 people heard what I said and decided to follow me on Instagram. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, wow. Yeah. Your tribe shows up it sure when, does. You're, when you're ready for the world to just cancel you, yeah. you know, your tribe shows up and yeah, I've lost some people that just don't talk to me anymore, yeah. but man, I've had people that <laughs> I've like, just met and i feel like i've known them so much longer because i'm like wow we bond we bond on something that really matters we're we're, we're like bonded on like the importance of like non-discrimination and you know medical freedom and these things that really count and i'm like bro we are like 
in it together now. It's, it's a great a, feeling. Isn't it ever? It's, it's an amazing feeling. I actually try to tell people that when they're like, should I say something? I'm like, dude, the people we meet, right? Like exactly like this. Like you go through this dark time. I think everyone's got this really kind of similar story in that sense, right? Like go through a dark time. You got to work on yourself. You're like, well, what is going on? And it starts with a few people. Like the first people through the through the glass are always going to be get a little bloody, right? But it, it just mm-hmm. like the next people, you know, like you are so here so and so, and and then you feel powered to speak up, and and it just it trickles down. I know a lot of people call on the young people too, like where are the young people at? But it's actually like super helpful for us to have characters like yourself and and all different people like to find you know your tribe and people who are going to be guiding you like yeah that's really cool i, I want to be like that right i want to have that courage i want to have that principle and now it's mm-hmm. funny i listen to like for like relationship advice i go to like mark groves <laughs> and then for, yeah, he's great. for dentistry he's i'll go to like you know robert johnson and now for like all these different things i, I go to different people for like trauma or you know all that stuff i go to theo flurry and so it's funny you get your your tribe and all these amazing people who are gonna like you know you help build you as a person you want to be you want to yeah. be so that, that is so awesome. I um yeah, I mean what a what a rewarding experience in such a strange manner, but it's like it's there, right? You just gotta go through that like thing and and, and you, you know it's dark and then it's there's there's light, there is light. So mm-hmm. that's such an important thing for young people to hear. I think that's why I was so psyched to have you on because like such a great story. And how many people have had such similar stories and everyone I've talked to, and I don't know about you, but has seen this. He's has met their tribe. It's, a, it's just a perfect way to put it. They've met the people. They're like, God, we just exactly like that. I felt like I known you forever. Like, this is mm. so fantastic. And then you and your family and your friend, like, it's you create you create a group that's just so so special. So, um, that's fantastic. I, you know, we've taken up so much of your time. We're going to go for fifty minutes. I told your wife, and um, and I think we've gone for an hour now. But uh, also, I had to tell you, I had a bunch of people text me this weekend that they like love your wife's jewelry company i had a lot of friends i don't know if, if that's amazing yeah and tiana yeah tiana, awesome. they, everyone's like getting all these texts like what <laughs> so I, I was like okay like i had all these friends who were like i gotta ask ask kid this ask him where he gets his shoes or something i'm like what no this is not that so <laughs> it's the topics but the, anyways a lot of the girls said they love your wife's jewelry company so i had to yell that in um just with one last thing i won't we won't want to take up too much time but any advice you got for people like any other advice you want to share any other kind of thoughts i know that's kind of a broad question but you know is is with the future or with young people and some important thing to do anything that's on your mind you want to spill air you know take it back. yeah oh man that's kind yeah, of a loaded so much, one. <laughs> so much. Yeah. um i don't know yeah no yeah. It, it's I would say, I, I think it's going to be a, a rough road. Yeah. You know, you never want to end off on like a Debbie Downer, like, wah, wah. <laughs> but it's like, I think it's going to be an interesting and rough road over the next few years. Um, this whole, it's not over. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that the, it's always two steps forward, one step back, two steps forward, one step back. When you realize that this is about control and not about our health. And some people haven't woken up to that yet, but once you start to wake up, you'll see that you, you see the patterns. And, um, I, I would just say, you know, you, if you're still on the, and this, your audience is, this is why I'm struggling with what to say. Cause your audience, I think is probably, uh, you know, pretty awake, uh, to what's going on and they're not going to the CBC for their news, you know? Um, so, but yeah, you get, you gotta get off the mainstream news. Um, you need to really work on our, our mindset. I think is a big thing. Just connect with people. Don't be, if you're watching this just on your phone alone in your apartment, um, you know, get out there, even if you're an introvert, 
connect with some people online, get, get to be a part of a community. Cause if things get really rough again, you know, like it could be a long, dark lockdown fall. Yeah. Just saying. Totally. Totally. And if that happens, you're really not going to want to be isolated and alone because we all know we've all had a taste of that and it sucks. So I'd say now's your chance to connect some people, meet some people, man, even if, uh, you know, I, I'm, I am, uh, I'm an extroverted introvert. So like I, my energy, I get recharged by being alone. I could be alone for a week straight and read books and like be happier than a pig in shit. Wow. That's my thing. And then I, then I will emerge to the world and be energetic. And that's great. I, I love that part of my personality, but if I don't get time alone, so I can tend to retrieve into my cave and just sort of like do my own thing. And I'm happy like that. But when dark things happen, like lockdowns, and that's not like a great place to, to be, you know? So I had to force myself to like, dudes, come over, sneak through the back door so the neighbors don't call the RCMP. Let's hang out, yeah. you know, get into the routine of like connecting with people, um, do some, do some in-person hangs. Yeah. You know, in case that goes away again in the fall, you know, yeah. um, get some friends that if things get weird, you've got people to call, people to hang out with, people that make you feel like you're not a crazy person. I'd say, I guess that that's my, you know, it's easy now to relax and kind of just chill because now they've taken the, you know, they put the brakes on everything or they've taken the foot off the gas and everything sort of like, yeah, it's cool. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. You can tell if you're awake, they're ramping up for a, you know, three doses is going to be the new definition of fully vaccinated. Um, you know, lockdowns could, there'll be another variant, I'm sure. Um, and some people might be like, oh my God, this, this kid guy's crazy. But another part of your audience is going, yeah. No, it's, yeah, it's going to yeah, happen. It's exactly, you know? I'm totally with you there. I mean, I, I just, you right. Like if you're looking at the past and we're using past moments to, as indicators for the future, there's almost no way you're not wrong. You know, that's uh, probably exactly what's going to happen. So yeah. What a way to end off on a fun free <laughs> note. Good that's luck, right. everybody. Totally. Totally. Bye. <laughs> you're all screwed. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, exactly. Great point. Find friends, find a community. There's so many great communities out there now and, and organizations, you know, Students Against Mandates, just one, if you're young or a student or just whoever, welcome to join. And, and then we've got COVID Care Alliance. We've got there's so many awesome groups out there. If you're old, if you're old like me and you want to hang out with tattooed bald guys, um, <laughs> go to kidcarson.com. Um, because of the shadow banning, Instagram's weird. It's like, I, I'm really encouraging people to go to my website. There's a little pop-up window. Oh, yeah. uh, thanks for letting me do a little free plug here. Oh, no, uh, just put your, put your email in there. It'll say, sign up for kids, you know, email list. That way, in a couple weeks or whatever, when I have something fun to announce or you know whatever, I can I can email you. Because it's hard to like get eyeballs on Instagram now. It doesn't matter what your followers are; it's really difficult. Yeah, the shadow banning is is a nightmare. It's so odd yeah. and insulting. It's like, dude, almost just cancel me. Like, like don't do this right? like weird BS thing. Like, you he's know, joking. Like, he's joking. Don't delete yes, our account. Yes, no, 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 no. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. They're listening. Oh God, yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's right. Um, and for your wife's uh, jewelry company, could you do a quick plug too. Was it what was the name there? I, this is great. God, she's yeah. gonna love this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's uh, Entiana. Um, and if you go to my, um. Well, if, if you sign up, I don't even know, forget the entiana.com, but it's hard to spell E-N-T-I-A-N-A, -A, or is it two N's? Oh, she's going to kill me. Got the free plug and I'm screwing it up. Um, but if you, uh, if, you, if, you, if you join my email list, guaranteed, in one of my newsletters, it will say, brought to you by Entiana. And you can, you can buy, your, buy your jewelry. <laughs>
fantastic fantastic well again again thanks so much for coming on kid i mean it's just I, i'm thrilled i'm like i'm just ecstatic so thank you so appreciative uh and and take care and and we'll hope to chat to you with you again in the future right on sheldon thanks man appreciate it it was fun thank you